Welcome to Directed Life. This show exists to equip kingdom creatives and entrepreneurs to find, fund, and fulfill their calling to flip culture upside down. Today, I got a really fun guest. Uh, he's somebody that I literally just met on Instagram. I think maybe a few months ago, we were, we've been connected for a little while, but it's so cool how even through a digital landscape, you can actually build some meaningful, real relationships. And I'm happy to be able to call Alan a friend. Alan Mead is on is on the show today. We're going to be talking about creative entrepreneurship for the kingdom. What does that look like in days like these? Alan is a video producer actually out at Elevation Church in North Carolina, but he also has a company called Concept Factory based out in Atlanta, which he's building on. And we'll get him to talk about that a little bit. So Alan, thanks so much for joining us. I'm excited to wrap with you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I, I listen to you a lot. I'm always sharing your podcast like with friends like, hey, you got to go listen to this part. And um, so when I reached out to you, I actually wanted to uh, like get in contact. And I was like, man, I just want to talk to him actually about like leadership stuff because um, I had questions with Concept Factory. And sometimes I'm sitting here like with my own thoughts and I'm like, let me go to like another believer. And uh, I was hesitant at first. and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, well, just reach out to him. And I'm like, Okay, and then now we're here. So, um, so God is—he's he's so amazing. He is amazing, and I love. Man, I, we kind of talked about this on like the pre-show call a little while ago, but I, that's why I love what we're able to do with content today. Because to be honest, I I'll put out content, and I'm like, is this going to impact anybody? I just feel like yeah. I just have this conviction that the Lord's, you know, He's given me a certain stewardship in this season, and. I'm just like, Lord, if, if there's one person that's listening, it's worth it. So if you're the Absolutely. one, dude, and we have no audience and you are the audience, then I'm hyped, man. I'm glad. I think I am. I think I am. So I have like the notifications on Spotify turned on. So whatever. Oh, word, dude. Okay. So. That's, okay. You're like legit. You're a legit follower. Oh, yeah. That's cool, man. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm humbled to hear that. I really appreciate you, you sharing that and Absolutely. glad we get to connect. Um, now here, let's make this like kind of a two for one, because obviously we want to share your story. I want you to talk more about the concept factory, mm-hmm. but let's also kind of see where the spirit takes the conversation in regards to some of the things that you want to talk about too, regarding leadership. Let's see where God goes with that. So yeah. for the sake of the audience, why don't you share a little bit about your vision for concept factory? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so even to give everyone a backstory. So, um, I moved to Atlanta in November of 2019. I had like all these high hopes and little did I know that six months later, this pandemic would hit. (laughs) Um, I had heard about, you know, COVID on the news, but everybody was focused on, you know, the NBA season and stuff like that. So, um, in my free time, I was going to Atlanta Hawks basketball games. I love like live NBA games. I just, I won't really even watch it on TV, but I will go to a basketball game. Um, So I get to Atlanta and, you know, I'm coming from like a filmmaking background. Um, I had just moved from Miami, lived there for two years. And so I'm in this, you know, city of Atlanta and I'm like, hey, I know Atlanta is focused on and known for creatives and entrepreneurship and, and just filmmakers. And so after I get there, my first question is like, well, where are all the filmmakers? Like, I'm thinking that I'm just going to see people walking on the streets with cameras. And it was not like that. So I started, of course, hopping online. And, you know, I was literally on Instagram using hashtags of like Atlanta filmmakers just to see who I can network with because I was hungry. Mm-hmm. And um, what I didn't know is that God was birthing a vision through me out of a problem that I was experiencing, which is usually the best way to uh, the best reason to start a business is because it's like, hey, if I've been a victim of a problem, I should be the one to solve it. And sure. so um, so with that, uh, you know, fast forward past Christmas, we get into 2020 and um, literally <clears throat> the, the church I went to 
It was called Victory Midtown, one of the best churches, pastors, uh, um, Andrew and, and Kendra Moman, two people I hold dear to my heart to this day. Um, they are very entrepreneurial in everything. And so I'm going to their church and they're actually meeting at a co-working space called The Gathering Spot. And um, that was my first time inside of a co-working space. I had heard of it before, but it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I'll never interact with a co-working space. Um, so I'm in there and I'm just like, man, like this place is pretty cool. Like it has, you know, working desk and, you know, people are in and out and everything. And then of course on Sundays, they let a church you know, host here. And, you know, I kind of thought about it and just moved on and thought and um, literally pr- closer to the middle or end of January, um, the Lord woke me up. And what I'm about to say sounds so like Christian-y, but it's, the, it. it's the honest truth. Uh, the Lord woke me up at like four something in the morning, which is, I think, I think God has a sense of humor because I don't like waking up too early. And so he sure. tends to speak to me a lot at like four o'clock in the morning, right before my alarm goes off. So um, <clears throat> he woke me up at like four something and he just put a, he just put one word on my heart. And he says, you're going to have a, uh, I want you to create a uh, collaborative hub for filmmakers like the gathering spot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And I wrote it down on like this ripped out sheet of paper in my journal. Um, handwriting was all messed up because I was like half sleep as four or something in the morning. And so I'm not really understanding what I'm writing. And literally from that day forward, the vision for Concept Factory was birthed in my heart so strongly, I couldn't shake it. Um, it literally took over my life. Um, wow. And I'll get to about how the Lord had to take some other stuff out for that to, for that vision to take precedence. But um, the vision for Concept Factory is to be the largest collaborative hub um, and incubator space for visual storytellers. Um, the reason we say visual storytellers is because we don't want to just limit it to filmmakers. Even myself, I'm like, hey, like, yeah, I am a video producer, but I also have like a graphic design background and mm-hmm. I also have like a screenwriting love and things of that sort. So we want to make sure that we are going to be the hub to where people can come to create content, to find space, find their tribes, find community in the course, just actually move their vision forward. Whatever that vision is, whether it's a short film or whether it's a screenplay or whether it's a business idea that they want to launch, they can have the space for it and the community to be uh, to build that vision. That's there's that's so cool for a handful of reasons. The first one, I, the vision itself, I think is just so beautiful for the season that we're in i've shared this with you before and i've shared Mm -hmm. this whether on my show or just some in social media content but i feel like especially when we see so much um so much falling apart in the culture around us the church has such a unique opportunity to to bring beauty and to bring meaning and i think you know bringing beauty and meaning and structure and truth in the midst of chaos it's it can be such a gift to the world. And I think that's what the church is meant to do is, is really prophesy through our work that, that, you know, the new Jerusalem that's coming, that's promised and to give creatives who are spirit filled and even those who aren't and giving them an opportunity to meet those who are yeah. it's a huge opportunity for the kingdom to advance. So yeah. I see it, man. I see the vision with you. And I also have a very similar relationship with the Lord where he wakes me up super early <laughs> and just gives me downloads and I'll start journaling things and I'll read it later. I'm like, what was I trying to say? Like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense, but <laughs> it um, doesn't make sense. Yeah. But when he wakes you up, it's like, and you know, it's from him. There's like this fear of the Lord that hits you where you're like, I have to steward this. I can't yeah. let this go. Yeah. It sounds like you're in that space right now where you're just like, you know what? I don't know how this thing's going to come together, but we got to, we got to continue to hand the Lord our five loaves and two fish and say, God, do something with this. Oh, yeah. And God continually, he just opens door after door. And I've seen him. And for this vision to be like 
because the vision came to me in, of course, January 2020, and uh, it it didn't become an LLC until June of 2020. So, you know, I spent like six months of just like going to people like, hey, like, you know, here, I have this idea. And even in that, the Lord quickly corrected me on a lot of stuff. He showed me who to go to and who not to go to. There were people who I would like put together this whole vision plan for a concept factory and I would take it to them and somehow the meeting would get canceled or I couldn't find that person or I couldn't get in contact with them. And the Lord finally spoke to me, was like, hey, son, this vision is not for you to tell everybody um, mm. because you tell the wrong person, they're going to stump on that vision. And then it's almost like a like a little kid, you know, when a baby's first born, you can't have that baby just around anybody until it, you know, builds up its immune system um, enough. Sure. And so, um, so the Lord had to teach me that like very early on. And it's just like, I mean, just the stuff I'm learning of like, you know, just like you said, the fear of God, like when, when God started putting this vision on my heart, like I said, it was so strong in my heart, I could not shake. And I just had this like overwhelming, and I'm a pretty passionate person of like, I get, my friends can tell you, like one of my friends, Victoria, she calls me, um, I, I think, you know, Vicky, I think me and you mean, you've talked about her before. She calls me Mr. Ambitious and I'm always got like a new idea, but this one was different. And I was like, God, I, I feel this one's different. And I feel like God said, like, you have to do it. It was more so not like a, hey, son, I'm giving you this idea. It was like, no, you have to do this because um, because God was showing me like, hey, son, this is the next big move that he's about to do in the earth. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people are it's, it's you know, we have especially here in America, we see churches springing up on every corner and which church can have the coolest graphics and which church can have the coolest worship, you know, you know, wearing the, the, the latest new outfit or sneakers, whatever it may be. But the thing is, is that that appeals to a lot of, you know, maybe a, a small sector of non-Christians. But how much more powerful it, will it be when people who are just in their craft, in filmmaking, in media, in screenwriting, whatever it may be, and they go to a building where there may not be a cross or, you know, a steeple outside, but they're interacting with their staff and other members. And they're just like, wait a minute, like I'm being loved on, I'm being listened to, I'm being cared for. Like mm. I'm actually, I'm actually in a, in a room where people, they're pretty cool and they're creative. They're what they do too. Oh yeah. So it's like how much deeper can ministry go? Um, and when yeah. you reach a person, once they actually get to feel the love of God from believers in their same industry. So. I think, the, the phrase that I've been thinking about a lot is that the workplace is the next frontier for discipleship. Oh, yeah. Because people are at work typically Monday through Saturday. And so you're getting these opportunities to like touch touch points with these people more often than you are for a couple hours on a Sunday morning. And, you know, people spend most of their waking hours at work even more so than they do at home. So People who are in the marketplace, particularly Christians who are who are filled with the Holy Spirit, have been given a vision that's more than just like having a Christian business, which I'm not trying to knock on that, but I think it's one thing to like just kind of put like a, you know, slap a Christian bumper sticker on your business, so to speak, but versus, no, I want a business that's like so heavenly minded that I can't run it. God has to run it. He's got to be the the CEO of it. And I'm just, I'm his understaff and I'm doing what he says. Like, yeah, at least for me, that's been, that's been quite the journey. Yeah. And, and I like how you mentioned just vision because even for concept factory, like 
Vision is literally the currency that I'm paying the staff right now. So I call them staff volunteers because we're not, I don't, I, we're, at the, we're at a point right now, and I don't even mind saying this, I'm not collecting a salary at, at this point. Concept sure. Factory is less than two years old, and it'll be, you know, two years legally next June, but two years vision-wise in January. And, um, and I literally have, you know, prayed like, God, this vision is so big, I cannot run it alone. If I do try to run it alone, it's going to be so messed up and so hindered from being what it can truly be because you have other believers out there where you're going to come and you're going to, you know, attach them to this vision and we're going to grow together. And literally when people come onto the team, I tell them like, hey, guys, like, you know, nobody's getting paid. <laughs> I'm not even getting paid because we're not at that level yet. All the money that comes into the business, we put back into the business to keep it growing. And um, I'm like, hey, here's the vision and you need to take ownership of this vision because if you can see yourself in it, we'll get there together. But if you don't see this vision, you're not going to last maybe even a week and uh and a lot of people they'll you know i don't know whether i'm whether they're crazy with me or what but i'm like they'll say like okay you know um and i've had people come but i've had people also be honest with me and say hey alan i can't get with that like i just you know this this thing like requires a lot of work and i just can't put that time in i have a full-time job and i'm like hey me too you know, Elevation Church is no, uh, no slow-moving animal. They are fast-paced. I call it a pressure cooker. Um, yeah. We move fast-paced there. So for God to just, you know, grace me to be able to do it, I know that He'll send others too. And you know, we're building this thing. You know, we're small but we're mighty. And you know, I dream of the day that I am able to, you know, you know, consult with a, you know a payroll specialist to start paying my staff. But it's not that day yet. And right now, you know, I tell people, hey, I cannot pay you with physical money, but I can pay you with opportunity. You stick with this long enough and we work hard, you'll see the vision pay off and then how much greater a reward it will be than some measly dollar that's just going to get spent only for you to earn it again in two weeks. So that's so true, man. That's that's really powerful. A lot, and I, th- I know that you being a part of Elevation Church, just the whole culture there is so vision uh, oriented, like there, there's just so much vision casting mm-hmm. that goes on. And, and it's not just vision that doesn't actually materialize into anything. It's like you see, you see vision, like six month old vision get materialized all the time. You see 12 <laughs> yeah. year old vision get materialized all the time. It's like there's, it's constantly vision manifestation um, by the Holy Spirit through these people. And so obviously you've, you've probably grabbed a lot and gleaned a lot from that culture that you're in. Oh yeah. Um, but I want to hear from you now, this might be a good transition to some of the questions you have, but like, what are some of the leadership challenges that you're facing right now with running this company that's still in, it's like envisioned seed form? Oh yeah. It's very much still an early stage. Um, the biggest thing I would have to say, um, and yes, you are exactly right. When I've learned so much for Concept Factory through Elevation, um, and I'll say learn things to do and what not to do, you know, that's no knock to Elevation, but I think with anything and, you know, even with different people in your life, you know, people can teach us which way to go or they can teach us which way not to go. And it doesn't mean that they're doing anything bad. It just means that, Hey, I'm, I wouldn't choose that for me, but okay, it works for you. Um, but even with leadership, you know, um, Elevation has excellent leadership and I've been able to really sit under some great leaders and creatives there. Um, but as far as concept factory, I think one of the biggest things I'm learning is, you know, how do you get people to what I tell people is to take take the vision and run with it. How do you get them to take ownership? Um, for me, God's had to really help me a lot with like control issues. So, um, yep. so sometimes I just want to just, uh, I just wish I could be like, oh, I just want a bunch of robots who just do stuff. And then I'm thinking like, 
you know, God may be telling me like, you know, do you really want that? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want robots. You know, if God didn't want robots and he's the only one in, in existence who could ever have created robots, even if he chose to give people free will, he was showing us that there's a beauty in letting people, you know, bring what they can offer to the table. And so mm, I've had to, wow. and I'm still learning very much of like, hey, I cannot control the person sitting, you know, 400 miles away who's working virtually for me for Concept Factory and really they're, they are volunteering because I'm not technically paying them anything. Any, any time they give me to sit on a meeting or a, a call or come out to help plan an event, they're literally doing it out of the overflow of their life and their time. And, you know, some of our staff volunteers, they have families and married and things of that sort. So um, I think that's probably the biggest thing is how do I get people to take ownership? There are many times, literally minutes before this call, I'm sitting here frustrated praying because, you know, I have, you know, I'm, I'm very big on like organization and structure and stuff like that. And, you know, I've built out uh, project management systems. We use Airtable, which I absolutely love. I always go to always go to bet for Airtable. But uh, we use that and, you know, we have these systems in place. And then I'll make sure that the only thing the person has to do on the other side is just take it and do what I asked. And days will go by and I follow up like such and such. What happened to that request? Oh, sorry, I got sidetracked. And you know, it gets to this frustration where I'm just like, how do I get people to take ownership and not all the commands and tasks have to come through me? Because like I got tell people, I said, God forbid the Lord takes me tomorrow. What happens to the company? If this company cannot run without me having my hands on it, that's a problem. And unfortunately, it's a problem I'm still trying to sort out. I wish I could be on this call and say like, that was the problem and we figured it out and now it's completely automated and my staff, they are they are just through the roof with their productivity. That's not the case. I'm still like going through that challenge as we speak of like, how do I get people to actually operate within their role? We do have staff members where, you know, they will come in to the table, they'll get it and they'll go. And it's like, I can go to bed at night knowing they got it. And then there's others where I'm just like, okay, I may have to keep keep on them. And I'm definitely not, I don't like micromanaging. It's exhausting on both ends. And it's like, you know, I tell people, please don't make me have to micromanage. Like we have job descriptions, do the job and you don't have to be, you know, texted every five minutes saying, Hey, did you get this done? Did you follow up with this person? Because if I'm doing that, if I'm doing your job for you, then why are we both here? One of us needs to go because we're just duplicating efforts, you know? So that's just like the current, you know, uh, biggest thing I'm facing. I, I'm in an interesting position because now I'm, I'm running a company that's actually profitable and we've hired a handful of different people over this past year. We have myself, my partner, we're full-time. We have a full-time creative director. We just hired his wife as a part-time project management awesome. uh, project manager. I have an executive assistant and then we have um, some contractors that we also hire. So I'm really thankful to the Lord that we're able to do that. I I know the challenge though of running a volunteer organization because I, for my, the church that I'm a part of, I was on staff with them for four years and I basically had the privilege of um, co-laboring with the Lord to build a creative team from the ground up. And it was an entire, you know, entirely volunteer based team. And I ran into a lot of those issues as well. Um, partly, one of the big issues was was project management because I'm not a good project manager. So you have the benefit of actually <laughs> having that ability. Like I just cast vision and I don't even make it that clear for the team 
as far as like the structure. And then I just wait like a few months and I'm like, wait, nothing's happening. Where'd everybody go? <laughs> and then I realized like, oh God, like I have to, I have to grow in my management skills. But um, I totally can empathize with the pain point of that. And I think um, what, one thing I want to encourage you with is like, you're really leading well when you're, when you're giving people an out and you're saying, hey, if you're not, if you don't see this vision as clearly as I do, I understand that this is probably like, it's just not going to work because right. I need, you know, you got to be really convinced. And I don't want this to be like, I, I don't want this to create some sort of frustration in our relationship because right. you have some expectations of me that I can't give you. Um, but I can tell you that if God's called you to this, then make it between you and him. And, and ultimately that's the most freeing thing for anybody that's truly called by the Lord is they're like, you know what? You know, Alan, you might not be paying me, but you never were going to pay me. God's the one who's going to pay me. I know that he's, he's the one who's going to provide. He invited me into this. And so there's a lot of freedom there. But I think part of it too, man, is, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that I, I'm not in your shoes, but I would say if I were in your shoes, I think one thing that I would, from the outside looking in, I would probably say is God using this to humble me and to slow me down yeah a little bit because if like especially as a vision carrier for my organization i gotta remember that even though we're paying people nobody's gonna care as much as i do because yeah, I'm, I'm the one uh it sounds really weird to say it like this but i'm the moses so to speak like i've been i went up to the mountaintop and i heard him at four o'clock in the morning right and i'm and i'm trying to make that really clear and there's going to be People are going to get a fraction of that and they're going to buy into a fraction of that, but they're not going to know, they're not going to know it like I know it. Um, if they did, then they'd be the one leading it. And then Absolutely. I wouldn't be the one leading it. So That's it's tough. like, it's just a remind. it's just a healthy reminder to have patience with the process and, um, and to not lose sight. And I'm learning this now as a business owner, rather than just a creative volunteer leader is that it's still all about people. Yeah. It, sometimes we think like, well, once it's a once we're a profitable business and we can start paying people. By the way, I'm a firm believer. The Bible says the worker is worthy of his wages, and I'm like I, my partners actually. He's I kind of strategically uh, like delegated to him the responsibility of you need to like help us make sure that we're paying people well, really Absolutely. well, and that you know we're covering you know equipment that needs to be purchased and stuff like that and he's doing right. such a tremendous job i just not, i'm not good at that stuff so i give that to him to do um but at the same time the lord just re is is reminding me that it's still it's still about people man because like in my business mindset i can still look at like well we gotta we gotta sell and we gotta this thing needs to be profitable if it's not profitable nobody eats this thing stops and, um, and I, what happens is you can start to look at people, not just in your team, but in the, in the marketplace, like the community that you're really called to minister to. And you can start looking at them as, as if they have dollar signs above their heads and, and God doesn't look at them with dollar signs above their heads. Right. He, he's like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to pay for them. I want them, I, I'm willing to pay the price for them to come into the family. And so it's like. It's, it's just this beautiful tension that keeps me in a place of worship of like, God, this is your vision. And as long as I keep the main thing, the main thing, I'm not going to miss it. That's beautiful. It's freedom, man. It's freedom. It's freeing to remember like, God, 
I'll take care of your, I'll take care of your people. Like Jesus said in John 21 to Peter, he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, yeah. feed my sheep. Just a different context. You're, you have a vision to feed the sheep of the people that come to concept factory, but maybe I'm just going to speak this over you prophetically. If this is, if this is the Lord, take it, but maybe this is a season where he's like, my son, I want to trust you with so much. I want to trust you with so many people, not just at one uh, concept factory campus, but national campuses all over. And I'm going to hold, I'm going to ask for an account from you when I see you face to face, how'd you steward those people? And I'm Mm. preparing you. I'm preparing you with the people I give you right now. And, and, and focus on, focus on their, their relationship with me, focus on helping nurture their relationship with me and I'll take care of the rest. And it's amazing how he does it. Wow. Man, you're right. You about to make me shout over here. (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to preach at you, man, please. Like that wasn't the point of this, but I just, I really empathize with where you're at. And I feel like I go through this daily, man. Like, yeah. And it's such a, it's such a refining process and the Lord, like, I told my wife the other day, I was like, there's so many things that are kind of frustrating about building a business. And I was like, I'm frustrated with this, this, and I wish it was blowing up and I wish we were doing this. And I had a vision that we'd be here by now and all this stuff. And then I went on a walk around the block. I was like, I need to just go walk. So I go walk around the block and I come back and my wife says, I think the Lord spoke to me while you were walking away. And I was like, oh, awesome. What'd he say? And then she said, he said that he's using your business to humble you. Wow. Oh, man. That's so true. That is so true. And you know what's really powerful is, uh, I mean, for one, thank you for being obedient to the Spirit just now, because everything you just said literally just resonated with me. And, Praise God. Um, and I'll say two things about how God is teaching me, how God is, for one, drawing, he's humbling me, and then two, how he's drawing me closer to him and teaching me about his spoken word. So the first one, when you said of how you know God is sending us people, you know, it's all about the people. What really was a wake-up call, it was a, it was a beautiful wake-up call, because I know some wake-up calls in life can be kind of jolting, but this was a beautiful one, and literally, um, you know, I won't say his name, but one of our, you know, staff volunteers, um, he recently, of course, had to step down, because, you know, he said his full-time job got really, you know, just too much. He was sometimes working 12 hours a day. Um, but still to this day, one of my, you know, dearest friends, and he came to me and he said, which I don't even remember having this conversation with him. He said, Alan, he said, you know, a couple, couple months ago, he said, uh, you offered me that if I wanted to have one-on-one Bible study with you, that you'd be willing. And I'm like, I'm in my head thinking like, I said that. <laughs> so he actually came back to me. He asked, he said that he what he was you know he he believed in you know God and stuff like that but he just didn't have like a relationship with Jesus yet and he said that he was still on the fence and this is one of you know how some people genuinely mean it and some people were just saying that just to try to avoid it this guy he really meant it like he literally just wanted to learn more about Jesus he just literally wanted to just know like hey is Christianity the way to go and so he asked if we could just start having Bible studies and I was like bro I was like absolutely we can do that so we would send you know um, me being a project manager I would send him like a calendar calendar invite just for Bible study and we started going through the book of uh through the book of John and we started going through the life of David and you know he started resonating with it and still like we we still have this actively going to where he's like hey like because we were able to form this relationship through Concept Factory, working together and doing events together, I now want to learn more about Christ. And the Lord was kind of nudging me when that happened. Was like, "Hey, son, like, open your, <laughs> open your eyes. Like, this is what I'm doing through it. Like, wow. and sometimes I'm like, Lord, like, is it even about like the 
the specific vision you gave me, here I am thinking about like where the numbers at and where's our next event. And God is like, hey, I'm doing work like right here. And we even tell people, you know, of course, all throughout our website, we have, you know, it's, it's you know, anybody can go in there and see that we are uh, a Christian built company. But even I remember somebody asking one time, they said, are you only going to let Christians work for you? I said, no. Absolutely not. I said, they, they need to respect our and uphold our values. But I said, no, I'm not going to just make Christians work to me. I mean, for one, anybody in the interview process can say, yeah, I'm a Christian at the end of the day. But I'm like, I actually want people to come here who may not have a relationship with Christ and they walk out having a relationship with Jesus and giving their hearts to, and their lives to Jesus. I'm like, if we can see staff, you know, from interview process to retirement, see this transformation, we've, we've, done very well as a company. And on um, the second point of how God has just drawn me closer to him, like there are times where literally I'll face some type of either leadership problem or something with the staff or something with like an event. And I like God will just nudge me. Like finally, when I quiet my busy mind and God is like, <laughs> Hey son, like I just taught you this lesson, like through my word, you've read it in my word for years, but you actually just lived it out. And one of those things was sometimes I remember I was, I was talking to my parents and I said, I said, I just feel like sometimes the staff is just like, like sheep, like you'll tell them to do something and then they won't do it. You know, it's like, you you know, they almost are just waiting on you just to give them their next command. And the Lord was kind of like, hey, son, like, that's how you are with me. And I'm like, oh, man, you're Whoa. right. I was like, God, I, you do tell me to do stuff and I forget and I don't do it. Or God, like I make every intention to, to fast and pray and then I fall asleep, read my Bible in the bed. And I'm like, God, like wow. I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm literally the person I'm complaining about. The people who the way they're being reflected to me, God, that's how I am to you. And so the Lord just like humbled me super quick in that moment. And then literally today, like I got on, you know, I had to text two of my staff members because, you know, they got, they had a project request and it wasn't fulfilled. And I was just like, you know, I need people to be like doers. And the Holy Spirit dropped on me. He was just like, you know, the James 1, about, you know, don't just merely listen to the word. You, have to, you actually have to be a doer of the word. And the Lord is like, son, you're starting to feel the tension of what I go through of, it's one thing for people, there's so many, you know, quote unquote believers just hearing the word. But the Lord is like, son, if you don't actually apply the word in your life, this is that same tension of like nothing gets done. You have to actually do Whoa. the word of God in order for it to be, you know, in order for your life and for the, for my kingdom to grow. You actually have to be a doer. You're feeling the same tension with your company. And I'm sitting here like, oh, snap, like, God, you're <laughs> so the Lord is uh, he has me in like, you know, one on one church like and. It's humbling, but it's also like the, just the beauty of seeing the word of God come to life and really being able to feel the tensions that God feels. So that's beautiful, man. That's it's such a sweet place to be. And I think you, if you keep your love for Jesus, the main thing, you're going to weather the storm and you're going to see God do some really, some really awesome things. If you don't though, and I'll just tell you, cause I've, I've drifted, um, drifted here and there. And I've just felt like Oh, dude, it just the, the entire weight of it all just goes up, goes onto your shoulders, and it's your it, it, the vision that God gives you is way too big for you to carry out. So it's like that'll crush you. So praise God, man. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's just a it's so encouraging too. It's like it, it, and the, and the thing is is I told I think I was telling somebody the other day I said you know I said. I'm in like a very content state. If somebody right now said, hey, like, Alan, we're going to give you the amount of funding that you need and we're going to give you your own building, whatever, I would be super happy. I would probably run around the block and and, and do a couple praise shouts. But 
But also there, like you said, there's a beauty in being in this early stage process. There's a beauty that I'm like, God has given me like a grace to just kind of sit here. And I'm like, you know, and it goes back to the word the Lord says, and I hope this encourages anybody listening and says like, you know, don't despise a day of small beginnings because God is doing something in that small beginning. And another thing is like, we, we, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as a believer as well. We sometimes think like, okay, God, we know you have a big vision for our life and you have plans for us. I just want to get there, get there, get there. But God is just like, Hey, like you may be asking for a storm and you don't realize it. Like, let me prosper you when I'm ready to prosper you. Because if I gave you everything, like you said, the vision is heavy. And what also, you know, when you get to those higher levels, what they say, new levels, new devils, like you may be asking for a storm that you have no clue how to fight or that you're not equipped to fight yet, or you're not mature enough in your walk with the Lord to fight yet. And here I am asking God, I just want to pay my staff. I just want to have my own building. God, I just want to be, you know, rolling in the green. You know, I want to see the numbers, you know, go through the roof and God may be like, yeah, but with that, it's going to come X, Y, and Z. And son, are you prepared to be able to, you know, are you mature enough for that yet? Because, and like I told somebody, what's worse is getting a vision or getting something that you've asked God for, but you're not ready for. Oh, I would okay. rather, I would rather be, I, I used to run track and I would see some people get disqualified from races. And I remember telling somebody, I said, I would rather be unqualified to run the race and then not run it than to be qualified and get and end up getting disqualified. Because then if I know I'm unqualified to run the race against these other athletes, I'm just like, Hey, I mean, I didn't have a shot anyway. I'm good over here in my little circle. I wasn't even qualified to run against those guys. But if I know that I'm qualified to run and I get into the race and then I fail and I get kicked out, that hurts 10 times as worse. So I'm just like, Lord, like if it's this, if you're withholding something from me and somebody actually, one of my, one of my friends from college, he actually just prophesied that from me the other Hmm. day. He said, son, uh, well, he didn't call me son. I'm sorry. He said, bro, (laughs) he said, bro, he said, God is, uh, he said, God said that he's withholding, he's holding on to some blessings that you've been praying for, because if he released them into your life right now, it would destroy what he's done in you. Oh, and I'm like, man. I was oh, like, oh, man. snap. I'm like, is that like an insult or rebuke and encouragement? I didn't really know how to take it, but I was like, I guess it's encouragement. Okay, cool. We're going to rock with it. But, um, <laughs> but I was just like, man, Lord, like, that's true. God, give me what you know I need in this season, not just what I pray for. It's, it's definitely... I would say it's an encouragement. It's just, it's just God's love for you, man. I think about, do you have kids? You married? No, no married with kids yet. So if anybody's listening and you're uh, you're single, single Jesus loving lady. (laughs) Alan's your guy. But I, um, so I'm married we have three kids. And that, what you just said really reminded me of my relationship with my son, Brave, because he's four and he's like, he's already saying like, dad, when I'm big, when I'm 16, I'm going to drive, right? Like he's already thinking about like he wants to do all these big kid things. Yeah. And of course, like I want him to experience those things. I want him to mm-hmm. I want him to grow up. But I'm also like, bro, you got to learn how to like tie your shoes first. Like you don't even know how yeah. to do that. You're not ready to drive anything. So you're about to drive me crazy though. <laughs> That's how you're going to drive. But he – uh it, He's he's got so much vision for where he wants to go, and he's like in that place where he's like kind of frustrated because he's like, I want to be there, but I'm here, and mm. it's not because I, you know, I'm rebuking him necessarily or yeah. I'm frustrated at him. I just know, like, I want to protect him. Wow, I want to protect him and all that God has in store for him when he is older. So sometimes wow. we can forget that though because we think we're so grown and we think we mm-hmm. are so mature. It's like, well, I'm I'm this mature, so I'm not that mature, and. 
God's like, you don't understand what you don't understand what I have in store for you. If you knew yeah. what I had in store for you, you'd be like, yeah, I need to wait. <laughs> I need oh, to yeah. pump the brakes a little bit. So, but oh, another yeah. cool thing that comes to my mind is when King Solomon is inheriting the kingdom from his dad David, and he, you know, one day he's just like the son of the king, and then the next day he's in charge of the entire nation. I could imagine that really stressed him out, and he. Mm-hmm. He got some sleep that night and the Lord spoke to him in his dream and said, Hey, I'll give you, I'll give you whatever you ask for. Just tell me what you want. And it says that Solomon asked for wisdom. Wow. And God said, you know, you could have asked for riches. You could have asked for fame. You could have asked me to kill all your enemies, but you asked for wisdom. And because you asked for the better thing, I'm going to give you that. And I'm going to give you all the things you didn't ask for. Wow. And I think... And that's not like obviously like a magic trick of like, okay, well, I'm going to ask for wisdom next time I want to pray. <laughs> right, but right. the Bible does say in James chapter one, he who lacks wisdom, ask liberally and he will give, the Lord will give without, yep. he'll give it liberally without reproach is what I'm trying to say. He'll give it freely. He'll give it abundantly and he's not going to rebuke you for asking. But there's, what happens is we, we need to, we need to have that heart posture like Solomon where he was like, I believe he was overcome by a fear of the Lord because he realized like, man, this thing that I inherited, I could use this all for my glory and I could really hurt a ton of people and I could drive this entire inheritance into the dirt Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that. So God, I need your help. This is yours. I need your wisdom to do this. And I think that's, that's such a blessable position always. Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, you know where my weak spots are. You know where my blind spots are. Please fill in the gaps. Give me wisdom yeah. for how I'm called to manage this right now. Beyond where you want to take it, help me manage this well right now. Yeah, and that's the. I'm so glad you said that. I remember even facing that same tension when I got to elevation. Um, the first thing I realized is I said, "Lord," because um, I had applied for a position with elevation and uh, about four years ago, and I didn't get it. Um, so when God bring it, when He brought it back full circle. After I get into there, you know, like literally the first week, first thing I said was, God, thank you so much that you didn't give me this blessing back four years ago because I would not have been ready. It's it's fast paced there. Um, you is, know, yeah. and then the other thing that I realized is I said, you know, Lord, as much as, you know, I, I'm, I'm big on like, you know, confidence and, you know, you got to be confident. And, you know, we especially as leaders and, and, and creative entrepreneurs, we 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 rest on that confidence, too. But I'm like. Yes, in a sense, as a as a believer, as a Christian creative entrepreneur, it's it's good to to rest on confidence and skill. But I'm like, God is also going to make sure, like that thorn in that flesh. God is also going to make sure that you can never get to a point where <laughs> dependency decreases less than your oh, confidence. And so, where God has me is just like, you know, God is like, hey, I'm going to keep some thorns in you because. The best place you can be, as you just said, he, he had to tell me even with elevation, he said the best place you can be is to be totally dependent on me. But what does that look like? It's not going to be me walking in there 100 percent confident every day saying, yes, I'm depending on the Lord. It's going to a lot of times me like even like, you know, just these past weeks, sometimes I'm sitting in creative meetings at elevation and I'm sitting there like if they only knew how much I don't know. <laughs> They would probably kick me out, you know, carry me off the premises or oh they gosh. only knew like, you That's know, funny. I could be struggling with something in my personal life or my head, or I just may be sitting in a meeting. I'm just like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Or, you know, I'm sitting here with staff who have been at Elevation for, you know, 10, 12, 13 years. And I've been, you know, been in there a couple months and I'm sitting there having to, they're looking at me like, you know, which direction are we going? And I'm like, 
in my head thinking, I'm thinking about my Chipotle for lunch and I don't know. What the <laughs> heck. So, um, so yeah, and, and of course, you know, as they say, like imposter syndrome and stuff like that, but I'm like, no, like the enemy tries to tell you, oh, you're an imposter, but I'm like, no, actually I'm dependent. Like mm. I'm actually mm. having to get out the car every day saying, Lord, like if you don't help me in this meeting, God, if you don't help me on this project. And I made, I made my mistakes in, at Concept Factory and at Elevation. There's been times where I'm like, I literally have to tell the team, hey, y'all, like I just dropped the ball on that film shoot or, hey, I totally forgot to ask about this question or I forgot to handle this matter before the shoot and it put us off. But hey, at the end of the day, you know, God's over this church. He'll take he'll cover my he'll cover my gaps. Like you said, he'll cover my mistakes. His grace is sufficient. And so. um, So, yeah, I, I love being at the place where I'm just like, God, I have to depend on you because. I don't I don't ever want to wake up a day for Concept Factory and be like, OK, God, I'll, I'll get back with you later tonight. I got this because the moment you do that, <laughs> you know, just get ready to fall. The moment you say, oh, God, I'll, I'll get back to you because we don't realize oh. I think, how much God helps us. Bro, man, that'll just that'll preach so hard. I needed that word, dude. I'm, I'm I told <laughs> you before we started recording that I'm you know, I'm having my own day. Got it. I had a really great business meeting with my partner, went into the meeting hoping to get some some confusing things clarified, yeah. come out of the meeting more confused than ever. So I'm like, yeah, Lord, I know that after we finish this call, I just need to like just get into worship and just press in and get at his feet. So, mm. hey, we're coming at the end of our time together, uh, Alan, on this recording. But I mm. think it'd be amazing if you could pray for us and pray for the listener as a yeah. entrepreneur to to do exactly what you said, man, to stay dependent. Absolutely. Let's go into it. Um, Heavenly Father, God, I just pray right now. God, I just for one, just thank you, Father, for just the ministry that you're even doing through Cap, Lord God. And just um, I hope he is even able to see, God, just how influential you um, you are making him, Lord God, for your kingdom, Lord God. And I just thank you for his heart. I thank you, Father God, for the heart of every listener, Lord God, that's right now listening. Um, hopefully that they're inspired, that they're hearing from God, Lord God, through these words that you're speaking through us and that they're they're at that place where they're like, God, I have this vision that you put on my heart. And God, like, I want to I want to build your kingdom and I want to seek first your kingdom and I want to, you know, bring people to Christ, Lord God. This is a real desire that they have. And Lord, um, I just want to encourage them, God, that you're proud of them, Lord God. You you love their hearts, Lord God. You love them being at a place at your feet where they're saying, God, I, you've made me creative. You've made me business minded. You've made me fill in the blank. And, and God, I want to use that for your glory. God, I want to go forth and I want to see people come to Christ. So God, may you just give them an abundance of your grace as you Lord God, as your word says, it says, but he gives us more grace. And so God, I just uh, right now just rest in that and just pray that every person can just lean into you, Lord God, that they'll lean into that intimacy, that, that time with you, Lord God, and that they'll receive vision, Lord God. I speak new just new prophetic vision to come over everybody. I just yeah. speak fresh ideas, Lord God. And I just pray even for just a fresh wind, wherever anybody's at, whether they're at the very, very early stages or whether they've been in this thing for years upon years and they're kind of coming to a place where they're just kind of confused or they don't know what's next. May you just breathe fresh wind into people to carry out the calling that you have, um, that you've placed upon their life. So God, may you continue to bless us. May you continue to bless this ministry through Cap and God. I just thank you that um, the best is yet to come, Lord God. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Alan, I love you, bro. I'm, I'm glad we got connected. Can't wait to meet you face to face. Yeah. For anybody that wants to follow your story, the story of Concept Factory, how do they follow? 
Yeah, so uh, head to our website or Instagram, Concept Factory ATL, um, short for Atlanta. So anybody that's remotely from the Southeast, they know that. So um, yeah. that's the Instagram handle, Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website. And uh, and yeah, we love to follow. We follow back. We're not one of those companies that are just going to like ignore you and just just collect your follow. We follow back. We engage. We respond. So um, we're, we're friendly people over here. We're Southerners. So we got to be. So Love it. Alan, you're the man. Thanks so much for joining us on Directed Life today. Thanks so much, man.